Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Friday and a long weekend. I didn't even realize it until um, well, somebody brought it up to me. I mean, you know, we've forgotten. First thing the, you uh, asked me this morning was, you know what Monday is? And I said, what? I said, why, it's Columbus Day. And you smiled your Cheshire grinning smile. And you said, maybe to you and me, but what did you to say? everybody else, it's Indigenous People Day. <laughs> and I'm not trying to put that down, but all of a sudden, have we forgotten? Yes, we have, as a matter of fact, because that is what the left does. Yes. They change everything. Yes. So uh, Columbus, uh, he can sail back on his boats. <laughs> his, his day is gone. It's well, in, yeah, they sunk his ship and uh, our ship, too. I mean, uh, you know. You know, what, what... In, in Pittsburgh, Bill, one of the biggest holidays is Columbus Day because the Italian community goes all out and they have a, a Columbus Day parade and it's quite the celebration. It's it's very festive. So what are they going to do now that uh, the day's been officially, you know, yanked from the calendar? Well, you know what? Federal employees, postal workers, and things like that, it's still uh, it's still Indigenous People Day. It's just, oh, you know, I guarantee do you they sing, will have a... Do you have a song to sing with that? Like, Happy Indigenous People Day to you. Happy, Happy Indigenous, Indigenous People, People Day, Day to you. <laughs> you know, um, who knows? But you know what? Oh, uh, somehow they're going to get... You know, because, you know, you look at the White House, you look at everything that a Democrat does and the people that they appoint, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's got to be an LGBTQ Indigenous Person Day. Have you looked at the people who have been picked over the last two and a half years by the White House? I mean, just, just think back to the, uh, what was it, the Assistant Director of Energy? Uh, mm -hmm. What was his name? The guy who dressed in women's clothes and stole luggage from airports. I mean, yeah, this was yeah, a big with no deal. Hair, yeah, yeah, he, he was a big deal. We got look who we have as the what is the assistant? Uh, what, what is he? Uh, Surgeon General or something like that? Uh, uh, Rachel oh, Levine. Uh, uh, Levine, yeah. Uh, really? See that, but just take a look at everybody they put in. Now I'm not taking anything away. No, I dare would, would not touch anything of Rachel. But <laughs> uh, I'm not. Taking, you know, I'm not here to judge, yep. although it's hard not to. Yes. Uh, but, okay, so he got appointed or she got appointed. You However, know, they identify to a pretty important position that I don't know that they exactly qualify for, but let's we'll well, give you, them you that. Think, you think? I mean, uh, the guy who stole the luggage is supposed to be one of the great energy minds in our country. I mean, think about that for a second. Biden put this guy up and said, no, he's he's perfect for the job as uh, assistant energies are in our country. He's the grand poobah of energy. Of course, he dresses in women's clothes and he, he steals luggage from airports, but those are minor considerations. We still think he's perfect for the job. I mean, this is, it, it's it's laughable, the people that he has put into these positions. Look at Kareem Jean-Pierre. Corrine Jean-Pierre. Be careful now. She, she was honored by the press corps. Well, she may be a very nice young lady. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the lady. But she is totally, with all due respect, she's totally incompetent when it comes to her job. And that, mm -hmm. let's just talk about the job, not about her background or whether she uh, dates other women. Or, or I don't want to know about that stuff. Let's just talk about being press secretary. She gets up there, and she's like a deer in headlights. You know, it's like, uh, next question, and the question comes out, and it's like, uh, uh, next question. She is, she's lost. And uh, I have, she had a, she had a back and forth yesterday, Bill, with uh, the press about, about uh, uh, the fact that Joe Biden, you probably heard about this, after mm. saying for the longest time that he wasn't going to put one red cent Listen, here's what he said. Don, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. That's Joe Biden. He said that. Not another foot of wall constructed in my administration. But then yesterday it was announced that there'll be at least, what, 20 miles more of uh, construction on the wall? Yeah, you see what's going on here, don't you? Mm -hmm. Let's tear it all down so that we can build it back up 
and blame somebody else. Oh, maybe our opponent, Trump. Well, he's the one he's that caused immigration. That, you know, huh? He's beyond that, though, Bill. He's he has screwed up the border so badly that uh, even casual, even supporters of Biden know how bad a job he has done on the border. Oh yeah, I mean Alejandro Mayorkas, his Homeland Security director, he came out uh, yesterday after years of saying the border is secure, and he said, "Well, we need the wall. We need he the wall." He was selling the lie, but what my thing is. You know, they they might have gone too far with the lie that they sold, and now they're trying to turn that bus around. And they hope the American public will forget mm-hmm. that they're the ones that tore the wall down because they want to rebuild it and take credit for it just in time for the elections, and they're doing it with everything. You well, know, I, I just think that they, if that's the case, then they really think the American people are stupid. Because well, what's really sad? I think we I think we all see it now. I hope so because what's really sad, if they get away with it again, America's doomed by its own stupidity. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they think, look, this is political plagiarism of you know they're they're taking, you know they're talking about how the economy was bad under Trump and uh, mm-hmm. but the prices were lower that everything was going well. It was a pandemic that came along, and he was given bad advice on that, of what to do. Was the pandemic real, or was it created? Well, there's debate there about how that all came about. So everything that the Democrats do is a planned, orchestrated event. Everything's everything's done through the prism of politics. It's not done for what's right or wrong. It's done based upon how it's going to affect them and their hold on power. Uh, here's the back and forth yesterday with Corrine Jean-Pierre and the media. And uh, the, one of them, one of the people in this uh, six-part uh, back and forth, uh, mm-hmm. listen, toward the end, she talks about the environment. She's a reporter, for gosh sakes. She's supposed to be neutral, but she sounded like she was a uh, environmental activist with her question. Anyway, here's the first part of uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre's back and forth. As a candidate, President Biden didn't say there will not be another foot of wall constructed that uh, except what was appropriated in 2019. He said there will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. So something changed. What? You want us to break the law. But it continued. Is that what you want? You want us to not comply with the law? I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm you want, about, but you it, want us to not comply it. with the law. You want us to not be in administrations that follow you the rules. Wait, there's more. If you have to build a border wall, but you don't think that it's going to work, then once it's done, are you just going to tear it down? I'm not getting into hypotheticals from here. I'm just telling you what I can tell you from here. The facts are that DHS is complying with the law. This is from fiscal year. This was under fiscal year 2019 under Republican uh, leadership, and DHS is required to do this. The president asked multiple times of Congress to reappropriate. They did not, and we're not complying by the law. They weren't done. You said many times that the president many times has asked Congress to cancel or shift these funds toward more effective uses of the border. How has he specifically done that? Has, it, has that been through formal budget or funding requests? When did that happen? So I don't have the exact timeline of when those happened. Can we get that? Uh, I'm certainly going to ask our Office of Ledge Affairs. Uh, certainly uh, the, his team works on that, and so I'll ask the Office of Ledge Affairs. And this appropriated funding from 2019, yeah. does that have an expiration date? I don't have an ex. I don't have the, uh, the the timeline or the date on if there's an expiration. I would refer you to DHS on that particular question. Uh, but again, we are complying by the law on this. You know, she doesn't answer a darn thing. But there's more. Wait a second. Corinne, I understand you're saying that DHS is uh, complying with the law, but to do so, the president is not keeping his promises or his commitments to the immigrant community, to environmentalists, because he's waiving environmental laws to build this wall. Is there any concern that he's not keeping his promises? The president is always working to keep his campaign promises. You've seen that in many other uh, policies and issues that he's worked on. He's complying by the law. He's following, uh, certainly we believe in following the rule of law. And that's what he's doing here. It is as simple as that. 
where did that reporter come from? Does the president that have was any- like a split uh, or a plant because that reporter kind of gave her her little tagline there at the end. But we're not done, Bill. There's one more segment. Is he concerned about this border issue? Because it, it, it does look like he's backtracking on a promise. He's been very clear. He, he even took the step to ask Congress to reappropriate the funds. That's how much he did not want these, these, this, this, uh, uh, these appropriated funding uh, to be used, right? And so they wouldn't do it. He took that step. They wouldn't do it. Now DHS is complying by the law. We're following the law here. It's as simple as that. I mean, she says it with a straight face. He's been very clear. Has Joe Biden been very clear about anything during his presidency? No, he hasn't. And, you know, for him to say, well, we're going by the, or her to say, we're going by the law. When was the last time that Joe went by the law? If he wants money for something, stroke of a pen, he does it. He doesn't give a damn about the budget, the deficit, or anything like that. No. You know, it's 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 whatever Joe wants, and he gets away with it. They sing and dance around the law all the time. You know, he uh, he had a comment about the water, uh, the border wall yesterday. But Biden was finishing up something, uh, a press conference, and someone threw a right. question out to him, and he said this. <laughs> On the border wall, the border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works? No. Okay. Now, that's him saying he can't stop it. He tried to get Congress to reappropriate the funds. But understand something. This is the guy who got an order from the Supreme Court saying you can't you cannot uh, just uh, erase the student loans uh it's it's illegal so Joe turned around and said to heck with you I'll do what I have to do and I'm erasing the student loans he's right. still erasing student loans he makes it sound like he's following the letter of the law at all times if if he wants to uh not do the border wall based upon his past performance he'll just not do the border wall yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you know the student loan thing, that's another uh thing that he's that he's playing with people. Well, you know, I can't do it by the law, but you know, he's going to use the tactic. That's why you got to reelect me because when I come in back in and you have a me and a democratic congress, we're going to get that debt paid off. And you know what? Um that that you know what about the people that didn't get the the opportunity to go to school, or what oh, about the true. people that did and had to pay off those debts? And yet we're you know you'll we're be paying him you'll boats. be paying off the the loans of uh, a lot of deadbeat students too. Yeah, and and these deadbeat students, you know, they went to school and they got their loans and all of this stuff, and they got a little bit of a break during COVID, and now. Oh, I don't want to assume that bill again. Well, you know what? You should have never signed up to begin with. You an obligation is an obligation, and that's the way it is. How but about you know what? what's the cutoff day? What's uh, what about the kid who paid off his student loan last year? Does he get a he refund? He should be reimbursed. No, no, re, no reimbursement. Uh, uh, what happens? I mean, how about the kid who paid off his loan the day before you 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 uh, decided not to? Uh, worry, you know, well, to to erase these debts. Not gonna, not not trying to start a war, but you know, you're you're bringing up a question. Well, what about the people that paid it off? Well, the only way that I could see in this administration that you would get any kind of money back of something you paid off is if you were an entitled person. I think <laughs> you mean uh, some uh, some uh, put upon minority group. Is that what you're saying? Upon minority yeah. group, LGBTQ, or anything yeah. like that. Well, you know, he was a trans, or they were a transgender, indigenous, uh, this, that. Uh, any label that they can put on yeah. that is a vote for them, you that's heard, money well spent. You heard that press conference, the uh, back and forth. She didn't mm-hmm. answer one thing. She didn't answer one question. She just stepped sidestepped everything. She just ignored answering the questions. 
Uh, he's been very clear about he's been very clear about nothing. He's been very clear about not a darn thing. And she can look into the cameras and she can say uh, President Biden didn't change his position on the wall. Of course, everybody who's watching the news and sees that he's building the wall knows that he had to. But mm -hmm. as long as they keep saying the position didn't change, that he still doesn't like the wall, he still doesn't think they're effective. But he's going to still, but he's going to build them. I mean, what are we blind? This is the stupidity of this whole case, of this whole presentation. Or, or, let's go ahead and pretend like we're going to build this wall, but we need the money for the wall. And then when we get all the money for the wall, ah, oh, we found a loophole. We don't have to build the wall. Well, now that we have all this money sitting here, because he sold off all the parts to build the wall that were there to build the wall to begin with for pennies on the dollar. And what did he do with it? Well, he took it and spent it on Joe Biden projects. Yeah, well, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, someone asked the question in the press conference, when they build this 20-mile section of wall, when it's done, 20 miles are, gonna do are, are you going to tear it down? And he didn't answer. I don't answer. think they're going to build it. No, but he didn't answer. He sort of smiled and, and walked out like, uh, oh, you caught us. Is he, is he just trying to play games with the American people? Yes, he is. I mean, look, you know, I mentioned about uh, to you, I think before the show, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, our press secretary, Corinne Jean Pierre. Jean Pierre, yeah, yeah. You know, she uh, they did a um, a dinner in the White House. Oh, I know to uh, to honor her. And you know, now the press corps is not really supposed to socialize. Andrea Mitchell was there, and a few other. Yeah. Uh, Joy Reid was there, number of others. Yeah, because if you go to something like that, then your 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 objectivity is uh, deeply questionable. The head, I and think they had the A list of all the lefty, uh, you know, the lefty well, blowhards. I think the head of ABC News and the head of MSNBC News, I believe, were there. Right, but you know, now it's funny you talk about that because they're all people that sit there and they walk lockstep with uh, the White House and their yeah. agenda. And uh, they're, they're the mouthpiece. It's propaganda. Now, the one thing out there, Twitter has become a forum to where it's it's equal. You know, you can be left or right. You can post. They're not going to yank things down unless it's, you know, hate or murder. All right? Well, Elon Musk bought that. And it was a legitimate sale and everything on. You know that now the Biden administration, because they don't like what he is having to say, they've got SEC uh, looking into the sale of it. Oh, yeah. Saying, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're going to sick uh, the SEC on you, security, you know, uh, because we you think know what? that... Uh, Do you hear Elon Musk? Do you see what he how he responded? Elon Musk wrote something, and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, uh, I hope that when uh, uh, the, the right people get into office, uh, they do an investigation into... Uh, in, into into investigations like this, meaning the SEC investigating him, and, and that the investigations, yeah, yeah. And, and I hope that people the, that when they find people have misused their position, they are punished. Something along those lines. It was but really was he, quite quite direct. Yeah, it was. But what they're already doing, they're taking things that he say and they're trumping. Uh, they're, they're, they're Trumpanizing him, you know, because they sat yeah. there and took Trump and they twisted what he said or said, what an idiot. Yeah, How yeah. did the stupid MAGA people elect such an idiot? He, he, how he got all yeah, that money. Well, but I don't know they, 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 they take Trump and they use his name to uh, and attach it to anybody they don't like nowadays. You can do yeah. anything. You can do anything anywhere. You're either MAGA or you're Trump. One of the two. You know, I think uh, Hillary called him a wannabe dictator a couple of days ago. Yes. She, but, but she's also very nervous that Trump might might be made the Speaker of the House. He said uh, yesterday he wouldn't be against the idea. Yeah, but now, you know, he endorsed Jim, Jim Jordan. Jordan. Right. Yeah. B but there's uh, some people who believe that there's a scheme here, there's a plan here, that maybe his consideration of the of the uh, 
of the position, right? Yeah. Will move people towards Jordan. Even he's he did endorse Jordan last night. Uh well, but, they got to move fast because there's a Democrat in line that uh, I forget what state she's from or her name right now. It's one that I don't remember her name, but she is a lady that is in line for succession because right now we don't have a Speaker of the House, so she becomes the person. Yeah, but the odds of is, her getting in—I mean, there won't be a Republican in the House who will vote for her, so she has to pass the muster. She's not going to pass the muster because they don't have the majority, you know. Uh, but I, I know, I know what you're saying. They'll put they'll put a, a Democrat up there, but she won't get the votes. Uh, in my humble opinion. So, what do you think, Bill? Do you think that Trump has is it is it a plan on his part? He says if he takes the position, he'll only do it for a hundred days. Mm-hmm. He'll only do it for a hundred days uh, until the Congress has time to evaluate uh, other candidates. And it will also give them a chance to uh, get some business done quickly. Uh, do you think that that's a possibility that Trump? I mean, a week ago, if you told me McCarthy was going to be uh, ejected from the House, I probably would have said, I doubt that. I think he's pretty solid. And he's gone today. So what do you think? You know, I, I think this this uh, you know juncture in history, who the hell knows what's going to go on? Because... There are so many balls in the air. It's it's nice that the Republicans have got some balls in the air now that uh, can be ca- caught and run for a touchdown because the Democrats have sure thrown a lot of crap into the air. Yeah, They've thrown balls in the kitchen sink and everything else in the air. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I Trump has said that uh, he may, I guess, visit uh, the Congress on Tuesday, the day they all get back to start uh, deliberating the new speaker. I guess he's going to go down there and probably lobby for for Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. Although some people are speculating that he's down there to uh, solidify his base. See, the problem I have with him being speaker goes to what got McCarthy kicked out. All you need is one person to uh, ask for the, the position to be vacated. And you know that every Democrat is going to ask for Trump's position to be vacated. If he gets voted in the very next day, there will be a Democrat who who will have. And yes, it won't pass. But every day they'll do this to try to disrupt his uh, speakership unless they Mm -hmm. change that law. You know, Um, I got an interesting thing, Bill, I thought we would play this morning. Uh, Clayton Morris used to be a host on, I think, Fox and Friends weekend. I liked him. He was a he was a good mm-hmm. guy, and he has a, a podcast, a very good podcast. Clayton is conservative. You know, it's funny. He was a staunch conservative, so he got the boot from from Fox, and they tried right to away. Se- they tried to sell his name on the way out the door. It didn't mm-hmm. really it didn't really work, thank goodness. And uh, he has a very successful podcast now. He had a guest, uh, a guy who writes for a lot of different things, including the Gateway Pundit. He's a former CIA analyst. His name is Larry Johnson. And he had him on, uh, I guess, the day before yesterday. And they were talking about the Ukraine, the real story behind what's happening in the Ukraine right now. We're being told that the Ukrainians are winning, that uh, the Russians are on their heels. That's what we're being told here. We also were told, if you'll remember back into the 70s and 60s, that we were going to win the Vietnam War. But uh, getting to what's happening in the Ukraine... Uh, Larry's got a different story based upon his sources. They start the report out, and I have it broken down into three segments so we can we can talk between them. But um, he talks about uh, how I guess the the whole the whole uh, presentation to us about the Ukraine has been massaged. Every single nuance. Mm. Every single part of the Ukraine story has been a lie, you know, and, and that the Ukrainian government uh, is still as corrupt now as it was pre-war. I mean, we still have a bunch of, uh, of robbers and thieves and corrupt people in uh, the Ukrainian government. Nothing has changed there except that they're taking our money now. I think I read that they're taking like $220 million 
a week or a day or some ridiculous figure based upon how much money we've given the Ukraine. But yeah. um, anyway, the first segment starts off. You're going to hear two women talking back and forth. This is a segment of uh, one of the news programs. I'm not sure whether whether it was from the BBC or from Sky News in England, but one of the ladies is the anchor. The other lady is, I guess, an on-the-ground reporter in the Ukraine, and she doesn't carry the water. She's not going to talk about uh, what they want to hear. She's telling the people like it is. And uh, it was such a disruption to the storyline in England that as soon as that she reported this and they posted it to their webpage, they took it down. They took the story, they took it down. This is uh, the beginning of part one. It's the latest situation. The counteroffensive is going as planned. As much is as, it going as planned? Well, as much as we can uh, have it going as planned with the amount of weapons and the quality of the ammunition uh, that we're getting. Uh, the steadier the deliveries and the bigger the deliveries of the armaments for Ukraine, the faster the counteroffensive can go. That's the problem the is you've, rule you've regained, what, less than 1% of the ground that you lost before the invasion? Unfortunately, that is And you only case. have, like, another month to go before? Another month or so before the cold and the winter settles in, before we can, uh, before we will have to actually pause until the springtime. And this is the sad news for us, and I think not just for us, but all the countries that are supporting Ukraine right now. Uh, is that continuing? Because um, I get the impression, I'm certainly told, that there is, uh, you're having to try harder and harder to get aid specifically from Europe and other Western countries. Uh, it is getting harder and harder because Russia is winning the battle of a protracted conflict today. So they are uh, uh, in terms of protracted conflict strategies that they are trying to impose on Ukraine and the world. Uh, unfortunately, we have to say that they are gaining the upper hand yet again. Uh, they have done this back in 2014. The lessons weren't learned. The aid was being delivered too slowly and uh, at a non-stable rate. And this is the results that we are getting. I am a firm believer that Russia could have been stopped with their escalation of the aggression in February 2022 when Ukraine was asking for weapons through January, through October, November, December 2021, but was not being taken seriously. And when the offer on the table for us Ukrainians was to surrender to Putin's demands. So Ukraine is running out of time, they're running out of weapons, they're running out of personnel. And we wanted to bring in ex-CIA analyst Larry Johnson, who follows this all very closely to dive into this. Larry, a couple of big things I want to cover with you today. But first, I just want to get your response to what this woman, Leslie, has said about the truth about what's happening in, in Ukraine right now. They've, they're admitting Russia's winning. Yeah, well, it is, it's evident if anybody's just been paying attention. Uh, look at social media. Uh, social media is the one thing that no government in the world can completely, fully control. They can try to shut it down. So when you go to social media, you see row upon row upon row of Ukrainian flags fluttering over freshly dug graves. Thousands of these. You don't see that in Russia. Right. So right there, it tells you right away that the casualties are in Ukraine. The average age of the soldier fighting on the front lines for Ukraine is 40 years old. That means you've got, you may have one or two who are 17 or 18, but you got a lot more who are over the age of 40. That speaks to a manpower loss. Just put the losses in context. Right now, it's estimated that Ukraine has lost over 500,000 men killed in action. Wow. During World War II, the British, the United Kingdom, its entire kill, killed in action in both Europe, Africa, and the Pacific was 345,000. That was after six years of war. So we need to understand that what's unfolding right now in Ukraine is unbelievable carnage. You hear that? I mean, think about that. U uh, UK, World War II, entire mm -hmm. six years of war, the entire six years of war was like 350,000 casualties killed in action. They've lost, Way over that. They've lost 500,000 Ukrainians. Yeah. It what? The war is about a year and a half old? Yeah. And you know what? That number could be wrong, too. It could be a lot higher. That's what, but well, that's true. 
but but they're not admitting to that now. By the way, they're not admitting to no. uh, five hundred thousand. But the analysts uh, they they know what's going on. Here's part two. What people didn't understand is that the defensive lines that Surovikin erected a year ago, they were not designed like the Alamo, where you stand and fight and, you know, Jim Bowie laying on his bed, throwing a Bowie knife as he's getting killed. <laughs> they are designed to be flexible. So when you they, they come in, they, they bend, and then the Ukrainians go into what's called a salient, and then they get attacked from the side and they're forced back out. So it's a very, think of it more like a rubber band. But the, the truth of the matter is, and it was even reported by the New York Times, is that total land captured, uh, Russia's captured far more than Ukraine. But this isn't about capturing land. It's about the question of, do you have a force that is trained, that you can sustain in the field, and that has a good logistics flow to it? And that's what's breaking down on the Ukrainian side. They're utterly dependent upon money from the West and weapons from the West. And in the last two or three days, we've had the British even admit, hey, we've run out. We don't have any more to send. What it's doing to the Ukrainian population, you know, look back again at World War II as a benchmark, as a reference point. The United States lost 472,000 killed in action in the Pacific and Europe and Africa. Uh, and we had a population then of about 160 million. Here's Ukraine, whose population right now in country is estimated to be around 25 million. And they've lost more people, more men than uh, either you know, the United States or Britain did during World War II. So this is approaching sort of, uh, it's reminiscent more of the Chaco War back in, in Paraguay, where you, you lost an entire generation of men. And it's, it, it's going to depopulate Ukraine. There will be nobody to have children. There will be no fathers. This, this comes from a, a Russian correspondent. Goes by the, His name is Marat. And uh, I was conversing with him yesterday. And he says, you know, what kind of drugs could these guys be using? And he described, he says, they're picking up these prisoners. And they're just whacked out of their minds. And he says, they, they, have, they actually go through withdrawal. He says some of them it takes up to a week. Uh, and he says, but the effect of the drug is it takes away any reservation about putting themselves at risk. Now, uh, I, I know in the early days when, when Delta Force and SEAL Team 6 were first set up in the United States, there was medical, there were drugs that were given to these soldiers either to help them go to sleep or to keep them awake. Uh, and so in the, the, that's 40 years ago. So I am willing to guess in the last 40 years, there's been some medical research. In fact, there were a lot of DARPA labs there in, in Ukraine. If they were doing medical research, biological research into drugs that you can give to people that will eliminate any inhibition about putting their lives at risk and turn them into sort of super soldiers, uh, I think that's what we may be seeing here uh, because this, this was not a piece of propaganda. He wasn't trying to feed me a story. He was, he was legitimately puzzled by it. He says, you know, we've never seen anything like this. And the situation has turned, uh, it's really so dire for the, for the Ukrainians because unless, if you're wounded and you've been shot or if you've caught some fragments, if you can walk out or if you can move yourself, then you can probably get medical care. But there are reports that people, that soldiers that have been wounded are having to pay bribes to get themselves taken back to a medical aid station on the Ukrainian side. So the, the morale on the Ukrainian side is just uh, suffering some really uh, significant setbacks. This goes back to World War II. The Germans, uh, I think toward First the end of the war, they gave uh, dexedrine uh, and feta beans to their soldiers on a regular basis. They called them pep pills, and they encouraged yeah. them to have them every day so that they would, uh, they would stay alert. And they would also uh, do things like uh, charge across a field that they really wouldn't have charged across. If they were clear headed, a cop that's ever uh, encountered somebody that was on, uh, you know, jacked up on coke or uh, crystal meth, uh, they will tell you, you know, yeah, they pull a gun on you, they shoot, you've got to take them down with deadly force. One bullet ought to do it, but no, you know, you're going to empty your whole round, uh, your whole, you know, magazine from that gun uh, into that person, and they're still going because everything is jacked up. 
You know, they showed a, they showed a kid, a kid, a soldier, a young man, and he was bringing a whole bunch of landmines to the front, and they were all strapped to a bicycle because mm-hmm. they, they were supposed to be giving all this equipment to these people, yet uh, it's, they, they get it over there, they get it to the front lines, and the Russians blow it up. You know what they oh, see, see? The Russians have, unlike the Ukrainians, the Russians have um, air power. They can they can fly over. They have helicopters. They can target these uh, vehicles almost the moment they arrive, and the Russians blow them to kingdom come. Are we fighting a proxy war through the Ukraine against Russia? You know, we're not fighting them. We don't want to get our hands dirty, so we're going to use them to fight Russia. Actually, I think we are, Bill. Yeah, I do think we are. I I thought about that for a long time. I I don't think we have uh, any business being there. I know that there are people out there, you know, a lot of people, especially on the left, this doesn't make sense. You know, liberals are supposed to be peace, love, and rock and roll. I mean, from the days when... When I was Even a young Elizabeth man, Warren. well, they used to walk around with you know, the peace sign. All we are saying, give peace a chance. Well, these same people now have uh, all of them. Let's have, kill them. Have the Ukrainian flags, you know, mm-hmm. and they want they want this war to uh, go on and on and on. And uh, the fact of the matter is, they're losing the Ukrainian. The good people of the Ukraine are losing. Thousands and thousands of their 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 youth, uh, young men, and what Trump has said. Look at when I'm in office, I'll get it uh, resolved in 24 hours. Now, whether he does it in 24 hours, I'm not sure. But what tells what what that says to me is he'll get this thing uh, resolved. There'll be some kind of a peace deal done, and the bloodshed will stop. And that's what we've never heard. From this administration, from Biden's administration. Because they don't want it. It's not in their best interest. If Trump gets in and says, I'll do it in 24 hours, I think if he is allowed or he can sneak away to do his what he does, yeah, he would. Otherwise, they're going to they're gonna block him on every front and delay it and drag it and then say, see, he lied to you. Well, we have one more segment. This is the final segment. Clayton Morris with Larry Johnston, the CIA, former CIA analyst on the Ukrainian war and what's really happening over there. Can you also talk about the the soldiers and the reports that you've had? I've been, this has been fascinating to see the lack of armored uh, personnel carriers, the lack of armored vehicles and, and so forth. And now Ukrainian soldiers being forced to go on foot and or bicycle uh, to attack the Russians, can what do we know about that? Yeah, there's there's one uh, one video has popped up uh, on social media on Telegram, and this this guy has got a bicycle with a bunch of uh, landmines st- uh, strapped to it, and he's moving them forward uh, along a, d- a dirt road. The reality is, the armored vehicles are a, a target. And Ukraine doesn't have any way to protect them. In, in a normal conventional army, if it was functioning properly, there would be some air cover, fixed-wing aircraft, helicopters. There would be some mobile artillery so that they could at least lay down a field of fire as these guys would move forward. Well, they don't have that. That's not happening. The Russians, on the other hand, have ample amounts of artillery ammunition. They've got the fixed-wing aircraft. They've got the helicopters. And so they're able to just devastate any anybody in an armored vehicle or a tank. So they They've come up with their, their solution is to try to infiltrate guys in uh, on foot. Uh, I don't know if you've ever carried a box of ammunition, but a box of 308 ammunition weighs over 40 pounds. Yeah, it's very and, and that and and you and you will shoot through that if you if you load that up in any kind of uh, automatic uh, weapon, you will go through that in a period of about 15 minutes. So just the amount of weight you have to carry uh, putting soldiers in this position makes their combat ineffective. And you're forgetting about what about the food? What about the water? Right. You know, water itself is heavy. Go fill up a couple of gallon jugs of water and walk around with those. 
Well, right. how much water do you think a guy on the front line needs? So these very practical considerations, the fact that you know, touting, well, hey, they're walking in on foot, that's a great strategy. That's ridiculous. Go back to World War II. One of the signs of the collapse of Germany was you saw German soldiers in horse carts. So they were driving horses to pull artillery pieces. They didn't have the, they didn't have the fuel to run the vehicles. So it, it, that's a sign of collapse. It's a sign of, uh, the, you know, this thing is going to come to an end, and it may come to a, it may come to a very rapid end, just like what we saw in Afghanistan. Remember, we were promised that the Afghan army was going to fight on for years. Yeah. They were the best in the area, and then boom, overnight, they were gone in, in a week. There's a brawl underway. There's a big fight. Um, so when I first got into the CIA and we first held clearances and started seeing classified information, I quickly discovered that when you've got a policy issue that everybody agrees on, there are never any leaks. That, you know, it's, it's kept close tight. Mm. The leaks come when there is fighting between people with different points of view about what's going on. And so when, when you see, and, and this, so this leak out of State Department is significant as well because that is so damning in terms of the corruption argument because it feeds into what many Republicans have been arguing that there is no con financial controls over the aid that's being sent to Ukraine. And it's being, it's, and, and it's being siphoned off. I mean, 60 Minutes reported on that a year ago and then <laughs> took down the report or made edited it out to make sure they could cover that up. So when you see these kinds of leaks, it's a sign that the unity that was once there in the, uh, in the U.S. government is no longer exists. And I, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. You can catch the whole interview on uh, Clayton Morris's uh, podcast. I'm not sure exactly what the podcast is called, but I'm sure if you put uh, Clayton Morris, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-M-O-R-R-I-S, uh, in a search, uh, you'll get some kind of, you'll find where it is and, and how to listen to it. He does a great job. He was, like I said, a good host on Fox News. And, mm -hmm. of course, uh, like every good decision that Fox makes, they screw it up. And uh, they, I mean, you think they got rid of Bill O'Reilly, they get rid of Tucker Carlson, Clayton, Clayton Morris, uh, who does a great job. They got rid of, uh, who else? Um, oh, uh, they got rid of uh, Greg uh, Kelly, and they got rid of uh, Rob Schmidt. I mean, all these guys who are uh, terrific hosts. And uh, what are they left with? They're left with uh, uh, per Dana Perino. Um, yeah. But it's interesting, Bill. You, you, you know, you hear them talk about what's happening in the Ukraine. It's 180 degrees from what they're, they're telling us here in the United States. They want you to think that it's money well spent. You heard, I don't know if you remember, Lindsey Graham and the, uh, the comment he made uh, when he was talking about the money that we were sending to the Ukraine. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money that we ever spent. Yeah. Lindsey Graham hasn't seen a war that he doesn't love. Of course, well, he yeah. doesn't fight in them himself. But all the Democrats are walking lockstep. Even then, you mentioned about, you know, where's the peace and love generation, the hippies and everything. You know, and yeah. then I look at Elizabeth Warren. You know, why is she a warmonger all of a sudden? Now nah, we got to send money to the Ukraine to fight the Russians. Yeah. I Where don't understand it. From? I do not it understand it. Does it make sense? No. I think we should uh, concentrate on defending our country, on building our country back to what it was. I mean, uh, this wall that they're talking about, they're only talking about 20 miles, I believe. There's still hundreds of miles of unprotected uh, uh, border. And well, yeah. this is almost like a, a token gesture on the part of, of Biden. Uh, and Biden took $300 million worth of wall materials and sold it for $2 million. Unbelievable. And that was just weeks ago. And now all of a sudden, uh, we got to build a wall. Wow. That's a that's lot more. No, you know, he's looking, well, there's 300 million there that was. And that was during the Trump time when things were cheaper. So now that might be a billion dollars. So what I do we do? Do, hands do, we, do we go back to the guy who we sold the wall to? And he upcharges it back to us. Think of, if we sold all this wall 
to Ooh. somebody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back that thought up. Yeah. Who did he sell it to? I have no idea. It could be a Democratic does he have any? Does he have any political or financial ties to the guy that he sold it to? I have hey, no look, idea. I'm going to take all these materials. I'm yeah. going to sell it to you for nothing. And then we'll have to and buy then we're it gonna, back. Then, yeah, I'm going to have to buy it back <laughs> at full price plus, and I want my cut. The guy's always wheeling and dealing. <laughs> yeah, got to love it. And, you know, uh, by the way, speaking of deals, um, they worked a deal out with Hunter yesterday, and they dropped one of his charges. Did you hear that? One of the charges uh, was, was I dropped. I knew they were trying to. What one did they drop? Uh, something about uh, being uh, a drug user and having a weapon. It's like, uh, A, he, well, was, uh, a, he user, was a drug user, and A, he did have a weapon. Okay, why yeah, do you drop, they drop it? Yeah, if they drop the drug thing, then the weapon charge really kind of goes away, doesn't it? Kind of. So the fact that you saw him in all those pictures, you know, whacked out, smoking a crack pipe and everything. No, he's not a drug user. My eyes are lying eyes. Well, the guy is going to have, the guy is going to have his dad give him a pardon anyway. The guy is going to get his dad to give him a pardon. No he matter knows what, damn good. He could have committed murder. And this How do guy. How you know he didn't? He was drugged out. You don't know what you did all the time when you were on drugs. Especially well, crystal meth. He did get hookers. He did pay. Did you see this? This was yesterday's news that nobody reported. Yesterday, there was a story that Hunter uh, sent uh, funds to some kind of uh, known chi- uh, prostitute uh, trafficking, human trafficking organization. And oh, really? uh, the, the media didn't even talk about it. You know, if that were Donald Trump's kids, I mean, it would have been the top of the news on the nightly news. Oh, of course. Well, yeah. Or they'll, you know what? They'll take his story, wait about six weeks, and then they're going to turn it around and rewrite it and put uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s name in it. Amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll say, they'll, they'll, they'll do a rewrite and, well, and blame it on them. Uh, you know, we got uh, a mess in the Ukraine. And, you know, th- there are other countries that don't want to be involved anymore. You know, uh, Hungary's talking about uh, walking away. Poland, Poland is very upset with the Ukraine. When, when the whole thing started, Poland was their refuge. It was the place where Ukrainians escaped to Poland and Poland embraced them, took good care of them, uh, made mm-hmm. them welcome. And, uh, but apparently that was good enough for Zelensky and his gang. They want more and more and more. And finally, Poland has said enough. We're done. No more. So you have Poland saying no more. You have Hungary. They're, they're not uh, enthusiastic anymore about being involved in this Ukrainian mess. We have England. They're not talking. They mentioned it in this report we just played for you, but England just said, "Hey, we haven't got any more funds to send to you." So, so what are we? Are we the only suckers now that are sending our money over there? In the meantime, we can't supply our own troops anymore. You heard we we talked about this earlier this week. Uh, we have a shortage on uniforms, camouflage uniforms for our Marines. I mean. This is ridiculous. You know, yeah, but you know, we'll go into the manufacture of the uniforms uh, unless they got Chinese contracts and if they got that, that would go money to the Bidens. Otherwise, you know, a lot of senators are going to make money out of uh, rebuilding our uniforms and our war machine that we uh, so haphazardly gave to the Ukraine to fight by proxy the Russians for us. Okay, I got a question for you. Is all this is all this that we're seeing part of some master plan that uh, we're not totally aware of. Are we, I'm not talking about from Biden's point of view. I'm talking about from the rights point of view. I mean, there's a lot happening here that uh, is, makes you go, hmm, you know, meaning uh, they're talking seriously about Trump being speaker. Is, is, is that something which just popped up or possibly, was it a long-term goal? Was uh, you notice that McCarthy wasn't terribly devastated when he was removed? No. McCarthy you was know, actually kind of happy. A fundraiser, he can raise money like no one else, and yeah, you know, but you know, he he's if it is legit, you know, then you know he's going to do all right in the private sector. If it's you know if it's a long-term plan, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe I mean it would be funny not, if it was. What if what if, but, what if McCarthy knew uh, months ago that? This was going to happen, 
at the appropriate time, and uh, somebody else was uh, going to be made uh, Speaker of the House, May- mainly maybe Donald Trump. Yeah, but you know what? No matter who becomes Speaker of the House now, uh, with the one person doing the uh, motion to vacate, the Democrats could just sit there and say, watch this, every, every day, whoever is Speaker of the House, mm-hmm. you know, they hit a hot button, eh, motion to vacate, let's make... Let's tie this up. You know, there's so many little hot buttons. Like Jim Jordan gets it. You don't think that the Democrat side is going to go motion to vacate? Get this guy out of here. He's getting too hot with the investigation. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the weekend. Uh, I think the uh, you're going to hear a lot of speculation because nothing concrete can happen until at least Tuesday when they all come back. They reconvene. Right. That's going to be the big day. What you're going to hear this weekend is a lot of uh, PR propaganda. You know, these are stories that uh, they generate most likely through an AI, and it's going to be damning to the Republicans. They don't have a chance. But if you read, if you really read it in the fine print, the headline is very brazen. But in fact, you're going, oh, this is not a real story, but people don't read the whole story. They read the headline, and Democrats know that. The left liberal propaganda media knows that. So I, uh, say, yeah, we told I the should truth. point out to my, my cohort in crime here that I cannot see him at all now. Uh, I don't know whether it's intentional or not, but uh, uh, you were covering your camera with whatever you uh, had. Well, yeah, I had notes propped up on the computer there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um Anything else that you want to uh, pass along this morning? I'm, I've been kind of hogging this, and uh, uh, I know that it's going to – you're going away this weekend, so I'm not sure whether we're going to do an update program, uh, but uh, is there anything you think that uh, we should uh, mention before we uh, wrap up this this program? Well, I know we talked about uh, what's going on in Portland where they said uh, no 911 calls unless it's a matter of, uh, you know, life. Oh, in Portland, death. Oregon? Yeah, in the city of Portland, they yeah. said uh, don't call nine one one for anything unless you know you know it's life or death. I You're heard about dying, that. Yeah, <laughs> you know which is kind of crazy. And you know, I'm sitting there going, I I know that people abuse nine one one. That's happened all the time. But why are they all of a sudden doing that? They don't have the people there to man it, or They've got a lot of stuff going on, like violence, like, I don't know, somebody trying to steal an owner of a business's car and then beating them up with a baseball bat. Ah, you're not dying. You're, you can go to the hospital and get those bruises fixed. You can replace that car. You got insurance, don't We're you? We're seeing a latent result from all of those riots and all that upheaval from a couple of years ago when they just allowed their city to be torn apart. And even mm-hmm. to this day, when they allow people to go into uh, CVS stores and stuff like that and clear the the store out of all all of its items. I, I just saw a report yesterday. I think it was a CVS store in Baltimore. Uh, they just got a whole shipment of supplies in, and it was uh, all the stuff was stolen within like an afternoon. It's like they now know when the trucks are coming in, the looters. They go in, and they shoplift and leave. It's not hard to do. You can either a get somebody to get a part time job, and the manager goes, "Yeah, we got trucks every Tuesday at nine between nine and nine thirty, because those trucks go on a route, they go on a schedule, and they know when they got to be there, and they they back that truck up to the freight door, and they start unloading that truck on the conveyor, and somebody sitting there with a scan gun scanning all that in. Well, that's a perfect point because there's usually two, three people tops right there. Yeah. You can overwhelm them and them and take stuff in. It's not like you don't know what's in the boxes. You know, you sit there and you, know, you see a box that says Hitachi. Well, there you go. You know, good stuff there. Drugs come in. Now, drugs, Yeah, if they want to get drugs, uh, they come in a van. They come in a van. You know, it's like a Cheech and Chong movie. They come in a van. They pull up. You know, somebody rings the back buzzer and you go in. Yeah, yeah, delivery here. I'm going to. And you. Take them over to the, you know, the, the drug store part of the store and the pharmacy. They yeah. carry it in, you know, and that's it. I, so, I, Bill, you know, you, you got to wonder um, during Trump's administration, pharmacies flourished. Uh, now, during the Biden administration, uh, Rite Aid is closing 900 stores, and I guess they're on the verge uh, of bankruptcy. And CVS is closing 500 stores. 
You know, mm. I, I mean, these are these are companies that were just going gangbusters uh, three or four years ago. They will buy every corner would be another pharmacy. Oh, they're opening up a new Rite Aid down the street. Oh, they're opening up a new CVS down the street. And now they're closing hundreds of them. You know, mm-hmm. it, does, it, it has to be a direct uh, cause and relation. I mean, uh, you know, you, you allow your stores to be ransacked. You allow hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise to be stolen without consequence. After a while, that starts to just hurt the bottom line. You know. Yeah, it does. I mean, and people look, people are afraid to go to the store. They've gotten lazy, don't want to go to the store. You've got Uber out there, Uber delivers and everything like that. You're going to see a lot of things going online. And, yeah. you know, but even that is not going to be safe because you think, you know, the mom that's sitting there going, look, son, uh, you're going to bed. Okay, I'm going to go drive Uber now and pick somebody up at the airport and run them where they go. They go, hey, we got uh, we we need you to go over here. Uh, and to go to JBC uh, Pharmaceutical and pick up that stuff and take it to XYZ Pharmaceutical. Well, you know, these hoodlums out there, they know what you're doing. They know who you are, and they're going to sit there and nothing is safe anymore. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I don't totally trust online pharmacies, even from the biggest and best of companies. I mean, you, for example, Amazon now has, uh, uh, they're advertising their pharmacy division. Mm-hmm. You can now buy any one of your medicines now from Amazon. They'll take the prescription and they'll ship it to you. As a matter of fact, if you don't have a prescription, I think they'll put you in touch with an online doctor who will... Yeah, they, you answer a few simple yeah. questions. And I mean, you know, they're, they're the questions the doctor knows. But, you know, if you sit there and you go through and you fail it the first time and the second time, all right, if I change this answer around, I can get anything I want to. Yeah. How safe is online drugs? Think about. I mean, I'm, I, maybe I'm just old school. Maybe I'm being too uh, cautious. But I, I, when you have medicines that uh, are coming across, after a while, like you said, uh, the bad guys know what kind of packaging your drugs are in. They're gonna. Who's to say they don't open it up, look at the drug you have, swap it out for something else, and send it to you? I'm just saying. You know. Well, yeah. You know, they they well they have the right. If you look at they they have the right at the pharmacy. In the state of Pennsylvania, they do, and I know, I think in Massachusetts, they do too, yeah. uh, where, you know, you've got a, a prescription for, well, I'm looking at my Dell laptop, so I'll say, you got a pre- prescription for Dell, and they go, hey, you don't want to, Inferior actually makes an equal uh, drug, unless you specifically, absolutely, positively say that you want the Dell pill, they're going to give you the Inferior pill, and but you're going to pay, you know, they say that they discount it, but you know who the hell knows? Yeah, you know they give you what they give you, and the that's write-up it. bill, the markup in pharmaceuticals has got to be through the roof, through the roof. Sure it is, sure it is. I mean, you look at things like, well, you know, good RX, which if you don't, if you take medicines, yeah. good RX is a thing to have because on a lot of the drugs, they they can sit there and quality match and and, and get you. Way down on price. I yeah. mean, big cuts, but not on everything, but on a lot of it. So that is one thing to do, and you don't have to have the app. You can you can look it up online, punch it in. It will give you a, a coupon right away, and the stores honor it. You think GoodRx sends them a check for the difference? I don't think so. I think it's yeah. just a, you know, I think it's a scam all the way around. I mean, they have some medicines that cost thousands of dollars for a pill. You probably saw it when you worked uh, in the pharmacy. Some Walgreens, the- I think the most expensive pill was uh, actually in the hundreds of thousands, or a, at least it was, I know there was one pill that was like $97,000. A pill? And it was a pill for, um, actually for AIDS. You know, somebody, you know, oh somebody had that, you know, and they, they got a prescription. And that was a class three drug. And uh, I was the guy that managed the class three drugs because you know bill ninety seven thousand dollars a pill wow uh, the the prescription was ninety seven thousand dollars because and and it was not paid for by his insurance oh my it was God. paid for by yeah it, he had some kind of thing that you know you'd get it and you'd oh, scan he had it some kind of rich you know, uncle what or do something. i owe you you know you don't know a damn dime on this why i don't know you know but <laughs> uh 
Yeah, we'd check those drugs in. I have heard that there are cancer medications that are expensive like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. There are drugs out there like that. I mean, if you, you know, they don't normally stock them at the pharmacy unless they got a patient that comes in that needs it. Then they get it. They can get it, uh, you know, within a day, sometimes same day. They just get it. They check around, see what store has it. They go on the computer. Oh, well, it's over there in Kingston. We'll get it shipped over here, and it gets shipped over. Yeah. Well, uh, you're going to have a hard time finding places that have your drugs uh, in the not-too-distant future if uh, if that news story is accurate from uh, this week where uh, Rite Aid is closing 900 stores and CVS 500. I mean, that's a lot of stores nationwide. Well, you know what will have to happen. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, government will have to take over the drug industry. And your drugs will come from the government then. Just what you don't need, folks, is the government handling one more section part of your life, you know? Um, yeah, it could be a, could be a drug that is uh, vital to your health. I got to play Sorry, one more control? one more quick cut before we uh, we say sure. goodbye. Candace Owen is yeah. uh, uh, an, an attractive young black woman who is conservative and smart as heck. And she doesn't uh, uh, she doesn't tolerate stupidity. And she was speaking at the University of Albany, up in Albany, New York. And uh, some activist in the crowd decided she'd try to put uh, Candace in her place. Candace is uh, eight months pregnant. Seems like that poor young woman is always pregnant. Uh, last time I had a, a piece, it seemed like she was uh, eight months pregnant, too. And, and she does have two toddlers at home. So uh, you you wanted to mention something before we I was going to say, she's if she's eight months pregnant, don't ever mess with a woman oh, you, that is pregnant well, or raging hormones because you will not win that battle. Well, it's funny you should say it. Just listen to how she answers this question. Trans students on this campus who actively feel victimized by your presence here today. Additionally, you just pointed out that this man detransitioned, but earlier in your speech... You- Guys, I want to hear her. Go ahead. What do I have to say? Just just the question, please. No speech. What is the question? What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who feel actively victimized by your presence here? Life's tough. Get a helmet, man. I'm too pregnant for this. Next question. Life's tough. <laughs> get a Life helmet, tough, man. Get a helmet, man. Yeah, I'm, too- I'm too pregnant for this. <laughs> like I said, don't mess with a pregnant woman or yeah. a woman that, you know, with... Any kind of hormonal thing going on, never say issue. That would be another word that you want to avoid. She wrote you know, on she wrote on the internet. She wrote on Twitter, I guess, uh, as a follow up. I'm over eight months pregnant with two toddlers at home. If you are a 20 year old adult who feels actively victimized by my standing on stage to speak about social and economic conservative conservatism, it is because your parents failed you entirely. It is not my job to coddle adults. That was her more that's in-depth the answer, response. That's the actual answer. Yeah. And you know what? But again, you know, that was a mistake to ask a pregnant woman any question. Get a helmet, man. Yeah, life is tough. <laughs> Get, Get a, a helmet. helmet, man. Deal with it. <laughs> exactly. You know. Okay, my friend. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I know you're traveling. Have a, a good time wherever you're going. Uh, we might do a program tomorrow. We may not. Uh, again, it's uh, up in the air because my my cohort in crime here won't make a full commitment. I think he kind of wants to do one, but uh, he hasn't made a decision yet. So we will uh, just keep checking back, okay? And if you if you don't see a new program, you can always replay one of our older programs. You know, they're they're kind of forever great. Well, there'll probably be one that happens. You know, I'll yeah. say that. Um, other than that, I think uh, we should tell people they can contact us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And you also got mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. And if you're one of these people who spend your weekend uh, pining for that uh, one piece of our program that is totally unique, uh... We're going to do it for you right now so that you will be able to, it'll get you through the weekend, okay? So without further ado, Mr. Bill Knight. Thank you very much. And if you ever do have an encounter with a uh, 
a hormonal enraged pregnant woman <laughs> and say the wrong thing, oh. the last words out of your mouth should be, hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?